Hello, everybody, and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. This is the author, Robert Kingett. He's an author and a journalist. He is also disabled. He is blind. He has cerebral palsy. And he also stutters. And I made an executive decision because I wanted you to hear what this man goes through on a daily basis. I wanted you to hear the stutters, so I'm deciding to leave them in. We talk about a lot of things. Um, I really enjoyed our podcast. Um, With a lot of these, it took us a while to warm up, and it did with this too, but it was very nice. I, I liked it. I want to have him back. I really do. Anyway, so pay attention to what this man says. And also pay attention to how he says it. I think that's important. Um, the other thing I want to say is I'm cutting a COVID episode. There's so much new stuff about Delta, the Delta variant of COVID. I thought I would cut a COVID episode. It's going to be a, basically, like the good old days, if you remember that, where it was just me talking to you, and um, I'm going to tell you some stuff about COVID, things like that, and I alluded to some of it in the podcast in this episode here. Anyway, um, as always, i am had fun with this, and I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. Um, anyway, thank you, and, uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine Before I introduce my guest, I would like to announce that I have another COVID-19 episode that I'm cutting, and it's going to be a solo show, so it's going to be like the olden days of just me talking to you about this terrible disease. And um, anyway, so my guest today is Robert Kingett. Robert, why don't you tell the world why I wanted to talk to you? Sure. Uh, so, so my name is Robert King. Of course, obviously, um, I am a um, I am a journalist. Although I'm not really doing m- m- much j- journalism nowadays. Now I'm sort of turning my sights more onto f- fiction. I- I- I'm an a- a- author. A um, a really uh, Staunch accessibility advocate, and um, and I strive to make uh, the publishing industry more accessible to disabled authors and writers, uh, and I also. Write um, uh, 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 
I write audio description too. So, so basically, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> all right, all right. I had to mute that while I took my asthma medicine. Um, I hear you're a stutterer. Um, right. So you're really brave for coming on the show um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's what everybody says when they usually yeah. get me on said oh my god you're so brave i'm like i know i should um i my life is a never a- a- ending suspense um movie because you never know what i'm actually going to say next so <laughs> I didn't mean that in a condescending way. I mean, you know, I, I had a I had a man literally have an episode of stage fright right in front of me. Mm. I mean, I have a podcast, so yeah. Um, like just lock up and not actually, say anything. Yeah, actually, it was weird because it, this was one of those episodes where um, this was an episode where I thought. I should like see this person. So I used the, I did it from my phone and I, I was, so I could use the camera and, um, I literally watched him have a physiological response to talking to me. Mm. And it was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, like, um, let me be a little more descriptive in my words. It, I've never seen somebody have, like turn pale out of stage mm. fright you know what i'm saying like right like it literally looked like he was having a like he was sick he was literally looking like he was gonna be sick mm. just to talk to me so we had to kind of let it go but so you, you're a accessibility uh advocate in the publishing industry yes why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, so I, so to sort of give a background on my activism, kind of have to give a background on my on my uh, political beliefs because um, it all ties in. So, um, so I, 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 I'm in. One of the camps. Um, so in the disability community, you essentially have two, uh, two. I guess you could say, political branches of disability. You've got the medical model of disability, which is like, which kind of holds the belief that you should adapt to society, um, that Mm. your disability is a huge hindrance and nothing is going to ever um, really change in terms of society. So you have to essentially uh, pick yourself up by your disabled uh, bootstraps and you have to learn to 
advocate for yourself and everything like that. Um, I fall into the other side of the camp, which is I believe in the social model of disability, which essentially means that uh, that we're not disabled by our impairments. We're designed um, by how society is constructed. Did you have a question? Well, I mean, okay. So I remember when I went back to school uh, reading Michel Foucault. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a philosopher of history. Um, he, he, he was a French fella. Mm-hmm. Now, what I remember when I first encountered Michel Foucault was that I remember not believing him. Okay, I distinctly remember having to read Michel Foucault, not mm-hmm. believing it, and having to write papers that said that acted as though I did just so I could get a good grade in the class. Mm-hmm. I was very, very good at producing the results that the professors wanted me to produce to get the maximum grade. Right. Okay. Then <laughs> we had literally a postmodern pandemic, right? Mm. We yes. literally had a pandemic that you could literally choose not to believe. Right. Okay. And I remember like, I went through this phase where I wanted to do a podcast on the enlightenment. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this audio book about Michel, that Michel Foucault, because I remembered that he talked about that. Mm hmm. And I was listening to it to get some sort of background and so I could sort of dialogue with it in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. on the podcast. And as he was talking about, as they were talking about his construction of madness, that how Europe constructed what he called madness, which is what we would call insanity, not to put too fine a point on it. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, Oh my God. Oh Jesus, he was right. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, like Oh my god. Like like what oh, exactly Jesus. what uh what parameters is he describing as insanity? Um Okay. Well, right. I didn't wanna I don't wanna seem insensitive or, or put too fine a point on it, but like so in Europe, there was a historical phenomenon, right, of you would put – you would interpolate – can I use that word with you? Um, you would mm-hmm. select these people, certain people, into what they would call madness, okay? Mm-hmm. And they would put them on a ship, and they would sort of take this ship around Europe, and they'd dock it, and – you know, the people on the ship, they would, you know, things, people in the town would do things or either have festivals or parades or 
you know, do terrible things to these people or whatever. You know, things would happen mm-hmm. on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, over the course of a number of years that I forget right this second, um, we, we, they kind of developed the idea of, wait a minute, this is not a good thing. This is madness. This is craziness. You know, this is whatever. So let's put them in institutions. Okay. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So that takes them away from this mobile sort of getting them out and getting them into different cities and going up and down the Danube and all around the, co- all around the oceans and blah, 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 you know, things and stuff. This ironically sounds like where the medical model disability is headed. That's, that sounds really, it sounds really horrible. Actually. Well, you know, I don't, okay. So, but again, there was like this moment, where there was this moment where um, I realized there was a specific moment that I'm not going to say on the air where I realized what you've got here is the first postmodern pandemic in recorded history. Mm. You've got this thing where you can choose not to believe it. Now, that doesn't mean there's not consequences, right. but it's a choice, right? Like right. I don't know, I don't know how much about history you know. My history is definitely not as good as others. So, <laughs> well, there was a okay. So the Black Death visited Europe a lot. Mm-hmm. There was one or two specific instances or specific plagues of the Black Death. That you literally, if you were alive in Europe at the time or in Eurasia at the time, mm-hmm. you would not have been able to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it was a mandatory sort of this is happening. <laughs> this is happening in your town. This is happening in, on your street, in your village, whatever. Right. I think that was the one that killed like a half, like half of Europe or something. I mean, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I, I mean anyway what do I think about the I think this ability is constructed that's a long way of me saying because I now live on the other side for me of a pandemic right, right I believe this ability is constructed and I wouldn't have thought that right 10 years ago <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah and that you know and that is how I it, and that's generally how I approach my activism. Um, that uh, that I'm not uh, like I'm not uh, disabled because this is not accessible to me. I'm disabled because you didn't make the effort to make it accessible either by choice or you just didn't know. So that's, uh, yeah, yeah. So that, um, but I don't, you reminded me to silence my phone. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to silence my phone. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um, 
but I don't use the sledgehammer um, method. I think there's a way. Um, I, I take a much more like collaborative approach. I, at least I try to. There's a lot of cases where you try to be cooperative and collaborative and the other party just doesn't want to be. And so then you have to bring out the sledgehammer. Uh, so um, so in my case, I, 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 I just try to get um, more people in the publishing industry used to thinking a different way. Uh, publishing is very, very, very rigid and, uh, and very conservative in terms of they don't like to try new things. They mm. just kind of like to stick with authors they know are going to do really mm. well or, or the kinds of stories they know are going to do really mm. well. However, I think mm. that in order for us to have a better knowledge of disability culture, we need uh, more types of voices. Uh, we can't just have one um, type of a type of voice. Um, mm. We can't have one type of uh, one type of story tropes and everything. We have to incorporate um, a myriad of of different authors, and they have different back. Mm. brands and writing styles and everything. So trying to get publishing to sort of kind of adopt this mindset of not every disabled person is the same is really, <laughs> really, really challenging. So that's mm. Mm. what I try to change mm. so mm. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean um i talked to a woman or a young woman mm. for my podcast um i don't you probably didn't hear it i don't know you might have i don't want to <laughs> accuse you of not hearing it <laughs> um she her name was megan dara um, she's a young lady, and she wrote a novel um, about a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating as a historical document because mm -hmm. it, she obviously, I mean, she, I asked her, like, she wrote it during COVID, right? During the heart of COVID. Right. But also, like, she's a young lady. Like, she's in her early 20s. Right. And you could tell, you could see or read, that's a better word, read, right. <laughs> the, um, the vulnerability 
of young love in a way that maybe a 45-year-old author could not authentically put on the page. Right. 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 And there, I mean, I talked to, you mentioned that you like to listen to fiction pop. Mm-hmm. I talked to a fella who does this amazing podcast, fiction podcast, and we had this fantastic talk. And he told me that he's making, it's essentially like he's making the rules up as he goes along. And I said, well, that's because those people are dead. You know, the radio play folks are dead. Mm. You know? So technically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Like the folks that did Orson, the war of the worlds, right? Right. The folks right. that did, um, whatever, you know, whatever out the shadow. Okay. Right. Those people are dead. And so I said, you know, you are the guy that everybody else is going to come to later. Mm. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, uh, fiction podcasts are in a golden era right now. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are, there's, essentially no rules so it's very it's it's um if you want a look at an anarchist society look at the podcasting landscape now which i like i Mm don't like what corporate is trying to do with uh podcasting it it it's really terrifies the hell out of me so <laughs> i mean i i'm a little different i mean this is an oral history disguised as a podcast. In, in my mind, this is an oral history that I'm mm-hmm. going to put it on a drive, and I'm gonna I'm as I'm as healthy as a horse, right. but I'm gonna donate this drive to a archive when I pass away. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's on the internet, and the fact that it's in the top ten percent of podcasts in the world, um, to me, uh, is great. Is really great. I'm really proud of that, and I'm really, really proud, especially of the COVID episodes, um, mm-hmm. and the Venezuela episodes too. But honestly, to me, this is just I'm just documenting my time, right? That I'm alive, right? To me, yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I get what you're saying. Like I understand what you mean. Because I and I agree with it, but it doesn't terrify me. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I totally get it. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, right now we're living through a, we're just living through a lot that's something I never thought I would ever live through in my lifetime. I thought that I. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, and like, 
like like <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I I'm a uh, young um, millennial, so I, I, I I'm in my early thirties. I lived through 9-11, essentially, uh, watching mm. it happen. I, like, I didn't live in New York or anything, but I have that historical mm. r- reference lodged in my brain. Mm. Um, I've got, I've got the political victory of Donald Trump in 2016, and that's watching my brain. Mm-hmm. I've got the f- first African-American president watching my mm-hmm. brain, and now I have mm-hmm. a, a, a global pandemic that is ravaging the world Lodged mm-hmm. in my brain. I have to be honest with you. This, I when I get to be a <laughs> senior citizen, I don't know how much more historical events I can live through <laughs> before I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, like it, it's, it's, mm. it's. But mm. when I was younger, I mm. never in my life thought that I would live through a historical global. Uh, pandemic never in my wildest yeah. dreams so and, yeah. and, and then the thing that's going to be e- e- even more trippy is that like mm. 50 years after I pass away or like 100 years or so <laughs> uh, people mm-hmm. are going to look back at this and they're going to think, wow, um, this is the thing that started it all, whatever it, <laughs> it, it, it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So, to be documenting Mm. This bit of history in real time is so bizarre mm. to me. Mm. You know, like, like, is that how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is going to be in history books. I, I'm, I've, I've said this on my podcast before, but I'll say it to you, and I'll say it to anybody. Who listened to this episode? Um, I remember when I was a boy. Um, so I'm a hockey fan. I'm a fan of the Winnipeg Jets. I they used to be the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, I remember. <clears throat> I remember sitting in the library reading a copy of USA Today and seeing that Atlanta was going to get a team. That was in 94 or 95. 
Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I remember thinking that 1999 was such a long way away. <laughs> and um, if I could go back to that, I would say, son, you're going to live in this world that is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just literally, I was telling somebody today, uh, time is fake. And if you want to realize how fake time is, become a podcaster and mm-hmm. have to talk to people. Like every Wednesday, I'm on an, I'm on the radio in Singapore. And it's it's like night for her, but morning for me. But mm. it happens at the same moment in time. Right. So time is like i don't mean like deep time i mean like hours minutes oh right. that's fake yeah. right it's just so fake <laughs> um but also like there w- i did this podcast with a fella who runs a hockey podcast up in manitoba and during that podcast is when i realized um you know this technology is going to work. This technology is going to be permanent and it's going to impact people's lives in in profound ways, but also stupid ways. Because, you know, Peg Jetters, you know, they're they're. You know, I love that team. Mm-hmm. But here I am using all this technology just to talk about that, while people are using the same technology to to perform surgery. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes you know yeah <laughs> it's what i mean it's just, oh my god you know um it, it it's so it's yeah. it's it yeah makes me have a l- lot of hope for humanity uh, there are days when when i when yeah. i get released and I go and I'm like, oh, humanity is never, a, humanity is never going to be overwhelmingly compassionate. And then I see little tiny miracles happening every day that that make yeah. me think. Yeah, I really do think that humanity Humanity is going to be uh, 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 okay. We might have our problems and we might have our issues, but overall, I think humanity is going to be okay. So, oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, you know, I have the massively unpopular opinion that um, Elon Musk is actually doing. Not Jeff Bezos, because all he really did was go up into outer space and come back. I mean, it, w- it was barely even outer space, right? Mm-hmm. But Elon right. Musk is doing serious work to try and get people to Mars. Mm-hmm. And we live in the Kuiper Belt, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's right. meteorites, that's things coming. We live in a shooting gallery. Our, our planet, you know, is in, a, is in an interstellar shooting gallery. So. Right. So I have the massively unpopular opinion that actually Elon Musk 
is helping our 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 species. You know? That is a <laughs> that is a massively unpopular opinion, and I would love to explore that actually. Okay, if you don't. Okay. Mm- no, I, I I totally would agree. With <laughs> yeah. Jabbering about his long life, you know. Sure. Like, no. Like so, <laughs> I I I guess where I come into the mix is is that we have so many we have so many infrastructural problems on here on. Earth? Why would you yeah. try to go to outer space? Okay. Um, and I can answer this in a simple question, right? Mm-hmm. I I had a biology professor or a biology teacher in high school who probably could have been a professor. Like he probably, honestly, could have been a college professor. Um, in fact, I don't know if he had a PhD or not, but he was really smart. Mm-hmm. And I'm infinitely grateful that he was my biology teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm infinitely grateful that while I was in high school, evolution was not the problematic subject it became later. Um there was a dinosaur <laughs> that was on the road to developing consciousness hmm. evolutionarily speaking when the meteorite hit <laughs> that hmm. wiped out the dinosaurs right um yes we have infrastructure problems on this blue green rock sure mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely there's massive inequality issues all over this planet. There's massive inequality issues in my town, in my city. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to spout statistics and give platforms to people that talk about that. I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. I'm deeply honored to do it, for sure. And these are debates we need to have. But can we please, while we're doing that... <laughs> Try to diversify where we live in terms of in the solar system. <laughs> if you're <laughs> diversifying it, I mean, not to just take over planets for the sake of taking over planets. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, like if you genuinely want to create a better society and if you really think that this is more possible on mars for example then i say go for it but what i'm seeing more of now is like is none not the sense of we genuinely think that we can make Mars a more inclusive place. It's it's more or less this sense of we need to get the help off of Earth because <laughs> Earth is shit. Well, Earth's not sh- through climate change. It's right now. Um, 
I had to take a walk this morning, really early in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. because today is going to be 110 on the skin. Mm. Um, it literally went up 10 degrees just in my little walk that wasn't even very long or very, you know, go very far. But it went up 10 degrees, and I was like, okay, time to time, time to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, what I'm saying is between the Kuiper belt and between you know, any number of things because we have opposable thumbs and brains and this and that we should, as a species, try to get some of us onto somewhere else. And so that way we can have these social debates about does this need to happen? Does that need to happen? Mm -hmm. Bah, bah, bah. Okay. And we're, we're also, to use a technical term, we're also multi-threaded in in our brain in our brains, so we can, you know, we can do big projects, two b- different big projects at once. Right. You know, we, we can <laughs> we right. can talk about healthcare and right. have a healthcare debate, and also say, okay, okay, look, we're in a shooting gallery. Okay, so right. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. That rock, that right. rock hurtling towards us doesn't care. Right. We are. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's right. that's where I stand. Right. I mean, that's honestly where I'm at. But I, I just care very, very, very much about m- motives, and and I just I don't see a point in supporting someone not Elon uh, Musk like anybody in general that kind of has the mindset of uh, 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 oh we just need to ditch this earth because we're rich and have tons of money so well uh, i don't uh, i'm totally for Exploring the solar system. I just care very, very much about the reasoning for space exploration and well, you know, I have a I have a deep understanding of history, Um, so it's possible for people. To it's possible for different people to engage in the same project for massively different reasons. Um, an example of that is Pennsylvania or mm-hmm. Georgia, or you know, the right. founding of Pennsylvania, the founding of Georgia. Um, people got involved with that for massively different reasons, and they right. all made sense for that group or for that person or what have you Mm -hmm. and i don't you know the thing about me the thing about this project i have my own political beliefs i do Mm -hmm. um but when you talk to people like i have and and you really talk to them and, and see like why does this person think this way like what are they thinking about you know, what problem are they solving when they mm-hmm. say this, when they hold this position? 
I really see how different sides of the coin think and what they think they're doing, what everybody thinks they're doing. And one of the things that I want to do, I, for example, I really want to have a conversation. Now, look, I have a podcast. I have the 15th ranked podcast on COVID in any language, okay? People write me to tell me I'm helping them save their family. I would love for an anti-masker to debate, to come on and, and talk to me. Like, mm-hmm. why why on Gen- on July 31st, 2021, are, are you an anti-masker? Okay. Mm-hmm. What about COVID is a hoax? And tell me, okay, because if you've left your house, you know somebody who's really injured from COVID or died from it or what have you. Everybody so, has. I mean, I know that everybody has at, at some point. Yeah. Point in, in your life. So, do you mean anti-mask or anti-vaccine? Both. I would love for an anti-mask and anti-vaccine person to come on my show, and we could have because that's the thing. I've never been able to have a conversation that didn't devolve into an argument. Right. Except for, well, I take that back. Except for one, but that was somebody I I really respect, and I could actually see where he was coming from. Like, I Mm -hmm. actually got where, where in his specific case, he was actually coming from. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, yeah, okay, if I were were a soldier, if I had been a soldier, and the government is injecting me with, I forget what they said, what he said they were injecting him with to see what would happen— I could totally see why he wouldn't want to be what? No, I'm not taking that. (laughs) Right. Right. I get it. I get it. But, you know, somebody who doesn't have the lived experience of having big brother tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, take a, let me inject you with, um, I don't want to throw, put the wrong plague out there, but it was a plague that they wanted to inject him with. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying, I could see where he was coming from, but I want to, I want to hear where somebody else who hasn't had that experience come from. Right. Know. Right. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I, like, but that's, I mean, I, well, that's how vaccines work. They inject a little bit of the virus into you. So that way your immune system knows it's there and will mm-hmm. build up a, defense around it you know that's that's exactly how a vaccine yeah so and like some of the positive cases of covid are not the asymptomatic cases of covid if you're vaccinated are not alarming Mm, right right (laughs) breakthrough covid which is actually pretty um that's more alarming but you know it's just um it's just right now i'm seeing a unhealthy distrust of authority at this time when when we really <laughs> when when we we really don't have the capacity to be conspiratorial you know um at this mm-hmm. time at mm-hmm. we can have that conversation later we can talk about 
the <laughs> corrupt government later. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. right yeah. now, if if um right now mm. if the uh, overwhelming majority of the population dies, then there's no one to take advantage of or anything. So so yeah. I would think that even the most hardened like hardened um person would at least recognize that level of uh, level of, level of, uh, 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 of acceptance. I well. am not anti government myself. Me personally I'm a democratic socialist so mm. which is very different <laughs> from from a, like a communist or or like an anarchist or anything i just think that at this time we mm. need to buckle down and <laughs> and, and we really need to listen to the science uh, and we need to try to get everybody v- vaccinated to get this thing over with. So that way mm. we could have a broader kind of conversation. Well, I think the, I think um, part of the problem with COVID is, and I don't know how much, when I say this, okay, I'm somebody that knows I wouldn't say I know a doctor's level about COVID, but I certainly know way more about COVID than the average person. I've learned would, more about COVID in the, in the last year than I've ever learned about any sort of medical thing ever. Yeah, yeah, right. same, same. So, <laughs> same, yes. Okay, so with that being said, um, what I what I know about COVID is that it's new, and I think that is one of the reasons why people don't some people don't believe it because it's and also I think a lot of people are you know they're having to adjust to the idea that. The world can change. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yes. They're mm-hmm. having to adjust to the idea that, um, you know, we're a very interconnected planet. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know. Anyway. Also, I was kind of thinking about this, the other gang kind of swinging it around to disability again. I wonder if for a lot of people, this is the first time that people felt disabled on a societal level. Like you can't 
leave your house. You can't. Um, <laughs> you, you, like, yeah. hey, you know? So, so I think having that sort of culture shock. I, or, I, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's it. But I also think a lot of it is also. A lot of people don't really understand. Like. I don't think people. I want to I want to use my words carefully here. I think a lot of people get really uncomfortable around the idea of disease and around the idea of I have to stop doing what I'm doing and learn about something. That over here that I trust says isn't real. Mm. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. And there's an awful lot of people who just don't want to be bothered. They just they either can't be bothered because they don't have the time or they don't have the bandwidth, you know, the whatever. They're just busy people. And they don't have the time to, you know, to learn truly new things. Like new, like not like a skill, but like a, okay, what happened? An interdimensional door opened up? Oh, okay, what happened? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I'm of the belief that anybody can learn any small piece of information at any time so yeah i mean i am i am too but you have to have you have to have the there has to be an impetus there has to be a desire there has to be a For some people, there's a social cost to to leaving your truck. Right. Things different from okay. Um, right. Like, what's okay? Let me give you an example. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember being a climate change skeptic. Right. I remember when I I remember when I wasn't a climate change skeptic. I remember when that changed, when I moved from I didn't think global warming was real to now I do. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a, a switch. Figuratively, it was what it was, was I, I'm a hockey fan and mm-hmm. I read they put out a report. The National Hockey League put out a report on what they were doing for the ice rinks in because of climate change. And I read this report from cover to cover again, because I'm a massive hockey fan and would literally read anything that the, <laughs> that I could about hockey. Right. And, um, 
I thought about it and I thought, okay, this is a big business, right? This is a big business that is telling me that climate change is real, right? They don't have an agenda, okay? They, their agenda mm-hmm. is to make money, right? Right. Their their agenda is to make money selling the best sport you can play standing up, right? Why would they tell me about climate change if it was if it was fake? Okay, right. Yeah. It's not right. <laughs> it's not right. fake. And then I then I dove into the science and whatever, and I learned about it. And I'm like, okay, no, this is very not fake. This is incredibly real, and <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, oh, oh yes, <laughs> scientists have been warning about climate change ever since like the 60s. Well, so, right, and it's unfortunate that you call it that because, I mean, really what it is is a chemical change in the upper atmosphere of the earth i mean well yeah you know that's actually what it is and the more you know about it the more frightening it becomes <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but witness it's 100 it's going to be 110 today i don't know if it's gotten to that yet but <laughs> <laughs> but <phew. laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i like so so did you gradually come to a climate change, uh, for lack of a better term? Like, do you did you gradually come to this conclusion, or or after hearing no, this? No, I didn't. Gra- no, it wasn't gradual. It was within. There was a report mm. that the National Hockey League put on their website, and I read this. Way, I read this report. And it was like 50 pages long, how long it was, really, because it was like, I read this report in 2005, so I don't, you know, I've had the, I forgot the page length. If it was a paragraph, I still read it. I don't remember. Right. (laughs) But it it talked about um, what they had to do in Edmonton and other places in Canada about how to maintain the ice now because of climate change. And how that was going to become more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, by the end of that report, I was a climate change, I don't want to say believer, but I believed enough to actually do the research. Okay. Right. So by the time, and I was in college then, so I had the luxury of time and also had, I was at a research one school, so I had the tools available to me to actually research climate change and i did and i don't i don't remember how how long it was it wasn't very long but it was it was long enough for me to say okay this is very real right like Mm -hmm. this is very real (laughs) oh yes it's (laughs) very it's it's very very real extremely so yes and it's 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 really it's honestly it's i um i was the kind of person that never really paid attention to this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and now i'm just I 
when you start paying attention to it, you know there's a level of common way of thinking, and you know that based on the common uh, kind of conception, you're like, holy crap, this is a thing that we need to pay attention to. Well, like, okay, for example, um, um, not to sound ableist or anything, but mm-hmm. I can look, I can go outside and stand at the top of my hill, and if I turn to the west, I can look and I can see smoke. I can see smog, I can see smoke, I can see, and if, if the wind's right, I can smell burning um, trees. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm about as far from California as you can get. Right. And <laughs> Right. And right. the other day, um, the other day I went out to lunch, um, and I saw out the western window, I saw this terrifying, literally terrifying, um, smoke just sort of waft over everything. And God, my heart goes out to those people out west. Mm. Good Lord. <laughs> um, I think really soon, to be honest with you, that people are going to get to the idea that you can't live there like they've been living there. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen really soon. Um, I I don't know when, but it's going to happen. I don't know either. I mean, I never thought COVID would happen, and then look at me now. So, Well, I, I never thought – what I never thought was – Actually, I to clarify, I guess I didn't think we would have a worldwide plague in my lifetime. I thought that I would have been long dead. Well, <clears throat> what I didn't think was I didn't think you would have I, – I think there's like – I don't know how many percentage, but like roughly half the country is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be more than that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I honestly thought so too, but – yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and and the the more I hear about unvaccinated people, the more I I've had to cut off quite a bit of friends um, because they didn't want to get the vaccine because of the m- m- microchip. You know, that's supposedly in the vaccine. Uh, and and I, I, at that point, I kind of had, I kind of had to be selfish and say, well, look, I am, um, <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't have you around me at this time. So it was, it was really nice knowing you, but. I mean, I don't want to die in my early well thirties. Well, here, let me help you. I can help you. Would you like me to help you? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I'm cutting a, I made a promo. You just heard me talk about it mm-hmm. at the top of the podcast. So I'm doing a podcast on Delta COVID. So I'm, I'm researching for it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, are you fully vaccinated? Yes. Okay. Are you from Moderna or Pfizer? I um I'm I got the Moderna. Okay. Vaccine. Okay. I have excellent news for you. Mm-hmm. If you're fully vaccinated, you have a greater than ninety nine percent chance of never catching COVID. Hmm. Even the new. Sh- Strands of it. Even okay, yes. Even the new strain, even the Delta strain of COVID. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Okay, that's. I forget the exact percentage, but it's way over ninety nine percent. Okay, so hmm. I have that's great news. So if yeah. you if you want to reconnect with those people, mm-hmm. by all means, please go reconnect with those people. Awesome. Um. <laughs> Um, you know, look, get a vaccine, but once you get that vaccine, okay, I'm of, here's my take on COVID right now. Okay. Today, uh, July 21st, 2021. Here's my take on COVID 31st. Did I say 21st? 31st. July 31st. (laughs) 2021 has been a crazy year. Okay. Just saying. All right. So my take on COVID at 155 in the East on July 31st, 2021 is get a vaccine. Um, try to get either Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, but once you do that, you don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, being indoors with people as long as you don't have children or as long as you're not around medically fragile people or whatever. That's right. my take. That's what I think. Right. Um, you know, um, now having said that Delta COVID is very, very contagious among non-vaccinated people. Mm. And there are people that cannot get the vaccine either because they're too young or they're too, whatever they're too sick or, or right. what have you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have children, uh, and you're not really around people that aren't able to get a vaccine, mm-hmm. by all means, once you get that vaccine, live your life. Mm-hmm. You know, live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now wait, let me say this. That's Delta. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. Delta COVID. Now, if COVID mutates into something else, that might change. My take might have to evolve. Okay? If Delta continues unhampered, it will mutate. Uh, Maybe. Maybe not. Um. It'll mutate. The question is, will it mutate away from the vaccine? Okay. And that, right, that, right. That's yeah. an open question. That, right. That, that's an open question. Right. Um, so, I'm, so I have a take that sounds like 
it's it's contradictory, but it's really not if you understand. You know, like I like I don't wear a mask anymore, but I'm totally okay with wearing a mask. Like I'm not whatever. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um. You know, but. I don't know. Like, it's. I was telling a buddy of mine the other day. We were. I was really diving deep into COVID. You know, into what I knew for him, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Ben, oh my God, you're just walking around with so much knowledge. Wow!" And I was like, "Yeah, Ryan, I miss the '90s too." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I, miss, I miss the '90s too, man. I do. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, oh my yeah. god. That's uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I am um, I <laughs> I but like um well I um I've had a good time. I I don't <laughs> I don't get out of my house very often anymore. Um so this has been a Breath of fresh air. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right. So, are you saying you have to go, or I? Well, like, like no. I mean, just in general. I oh. just I no. Like, like I um I I've been uh I stuck inside a by yeah. choice. I mean, uh, for like for essentially a whole year and Jesus. I, 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 I'm an introvert to begin mm. with so mm. it's totally fine for me um, yeah. but it is really nice to have a really lengthy uh, kind of conversation and not dissolve into like a debate so <laughs> I'm I'm one of these people that you I don't know if you recorded it or not um if I recorded it or not but you you said I sound uncannily like Joe Rogan right <laughs> yes um, you do you got that same tone to your voice you have yeah. the same <laughs> inflections I, yeah yeah uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I'm a native southerner. Um so um basically um I really respect how he makes a podcast. Um I respect that a lot. You know. Mm-hmm. I think really early on back when I was still doing solo stuff back when I was doing a deep dive into the Spanish flu and, and COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got on a show. Uh, and the guy told me something that I'll never forget. He said, people just want to have a conversation. People just want to hear a conversation. They just want to hear a conversation between people. Mm-hmm. Just do that. And you'll be good. And he's right. You know. And yeah okay. I want to educate people too. 
But, you know. <laughs> I don't mind having a conversation. Right? No. Um, I do think that debates have their yeah. place. I'm just so worn out over mm. debates. And I watch... I used to watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos, except a lot of them were debates and everything. And it just got to a point where it's like, okay, well, this isn't really providing any sort of value. Mm. But when two people have a conversation, you're actually focusing more on the messaging rather than scoring points or mm. whatever so yeah so, yeah yeah for real yeah yeah so i think that's why conversational kind of podcasts they do so well so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i you know I, I i agree with that and really i mean I mean, like, okay, I'm a man of many interests. I mean, I, I've said I'm really interested in hockey, but I'm also mm -hmm. interested in, in history. And, you know, I've had guests on my show, and we talked about, you know, history and stuff. There's actually a, a really good podcast I have in the can um, where we talk about the drug war and the how the drug mm -hmm. war and the Cold War are, are linked, essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty heavy. That's a really, really heavy podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I have but, to check it out. <laughs> well, see, now I have to really. Now I've lit a fire to myself. Now I have to uh, <laughs> release it and uh, see about it, you know, and release it. Yeah, but I, I, I. I do have to say, um, for the other historians out there, it's it was really fascinating seeing how quickly dis disabled people have adapted to restrictions mm. versus non-disabled people. Well, I think it's like what you were saying, like like feeling like you're disabled, mm -hmm. like. People don't like to feel that way. Right. And I, I get it. Like, I get, especially if you're not somebody that, you know, like, I'm really comfortable with reading studies. Right. You mm -hmm. know, I'm really comfortable with that. Uh, and, I, and I know where to go. Like, I know where to go get the new studies and the new stuff. Right. But if you're not somebody that knows how to do that, and you're right. also not somebody that, like I was saying, like you're busy or you don't have time. Right. Whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because you're busy or you just don't care. Right. Right. I mean, like, what if, okay, so what if you're somebody that just wants to be left alone? Like, that's your whole political ideology is just leave me alone. I don't care. I don't want to care. <laughs> you know? Okay, well, that's that's 
that's extremely hard for me to comprehend. But okay. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, you, if you talk to people, you know. Right. Just saying, like, I'm because of this podcast, I've gotten out of a bubble. You know. I'm, well, just because, like, well, <laughs> well, like, just because I can't comprehend it, that doesn't mean that I can't put myself in your shoes. Well, right. And also, you know, I mean, there's I another think, thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my bad. I, I, I do think that there is common ground that eventually everybody will circle back to at some point there um, absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely you know it's it's kind of like um so i'm i'm old enough to remember like i'm i have i had great aunts and great uncles and grandparents that remembered the depression right mm-hmm and it's kind of funny because, like, now you kind of see this reappraisal of the Depression, like, in certain circles. Mm-hmm. But I never met a person that lived through it who said, oh, yeah, no, that didn't, or it happened, okay, fine, but it didn't happen that way. Mm. <laughs> That's right. not what happened. No, because right. everybody was like, no, Roosevelt was out there saving lives. He was out right. there. We would have died. Had it not been for Roosevelt, we would have died. We would have starved to death. You know, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Right. You know, and like you were saying, like, you've been through stuff. Well, I remember my sitting around the living room one day, and they all had this tired look on their face. Like, they were tired. But not from activity, just like they had lived this life, and they were just tired. And they would just start, it was call and response, you know, it was like uh, so-and-so in the Depression. Yeah. So-and-so from the Spanish flu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's just like, I just, and I remember that now, like, yeah, that's going to be me later. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know? Oh, my God. I'm. Ah. <sighs> going to be a senior citizen and and i i I, I, i'm just going to be exhausted Hmm. all day it's it it, it's it it, it, it's official um history is the hardest work that you'll ever have to live through (laughs) Hmm. i don't know man i mean I remember, oh, God, I I remember being a kid and just thinking about the world and thinking about the world that I thought I was going to live through and thought I was going to see. Almost none of that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, right. none of that happened. Um you know, but God, I wish 
you know, almost like I wish I could go back and <laughs> say things. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, <laughs> like, hey, um, just so you know, in a few <laughs> decades, <laughs> you are going to be living through something that is going to be in history books forever. So that mm. wow, and that is just a that's when just did, uh, well. Let me ask you: When did you become aware of COVID? Like, how did when did you become okay? So in my in my experience, this is a this is a two part question, right? Mm-hmm. Right. When did you become aware of it? But also, actually, when did you realize? Oh crap! This is a big deal. Actually, <laughs> that's a very good question. So, so I become aware of it in February uh, of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of different news outlets mm. like it's not just um mainstream american news i read a lot mm. of um international news and everything and so i became aware of covid in uh, in late, no, excuse me, in early February of 2020, and then when I realized it, it was like a big deal. That happened around around March or early March or early April. 2020 except it just kind of grew from there like Mm. i didn't have Mm. any doubt in my mind that this a joke and we should just ignore it i had a feeling from the get-go that something was going to happen and it's going mm. to rock our world like we'd never seen and sure enough well it <laughs> happened so um, so, <laughs> so what about you <laughs> well my story okay so i first became aware of it in november october or november of 19 mm-hmm. um Okay. I was laying on my bed one day. So that was at the doctor's office. The mm-hmm. nurse told me about it. And she was worried, like really worried. And I thought, well, this is going to be like Ebola was. Mm-hmm. Like right. 10 or so, right? It's the same kind of thought that i had right well so okay i was laying on my bed looking at twitter and i saw this video 
of these people in Italy, and they were on the floor in the hospital. They were laying hospital patients on the floor in Italy, and they had COVID. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be silly. This is going to be nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, hmm. let me see. I don't want to. Um, I had a couple of friends uh, come down with it early. Um, and they're okay. Like they, they lived. They're okay. Right. Um, but they were giving me kind of the blow by blow. Man, I thought I had a cold. And mm-hmm. dude, I went to the hospital and like, ah, you know, like it was one or two of them had a really crazy experience. That was crazy. Um, so that was that was that, and that might have been February. But I'll never forget it. I was out the night the NBA closed up. I was out with a buddy of mine having dinner. And we watched all these phones vibrate at the same time, telling us the NBA closed up. And it was already kind of like COVID was already sort of in the consciousness because people were were not going out as much. They weren't. Right. You know, the road was deserted. I remember that distinctly. The road mm-hmm. was deserted. The par- the parking lots around us were deserted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Deserted. And we, we took a while to even find a restaurant that was even open. Right. Because a lot of them had closed up early. I remember that. Um, but I remember coming out of that restaurant realizing I needed to you know, release a podcast, start this deep dive into what I thought was going to be the Spanish flu, which later evolved into COVID and the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why we got in, or we, the reason why I got into interviews, okay, was because, so I'm promoting the podcast, right? And the way you do that is you go on other podcasts and you talk to other podcasters. And to hear their story about their COVID story, I was like, oh, this is bonkers, right? This is truly, truly bonkers. People need to hear these conversations. And so that's what I was started doing. Mm. Yeah. I had a very <laughs> it's it's so strange, but I had a very similar experience um, to yours. I was actually out and um, and uh, me and a cute guy were actually out on a, a date, and mm-hmm. and everybody's like everybody. Everybody was checking their cell phones, and the conversations around us sort of dissolved into this sort mm. of one conversation at once, and then and then we went home, and then, and then we never came out again for a whole year, and that was so yeah bizarre um yeah to me. So I remember. I remember, like, one of my COVID, COVID lockdown memories that I'm never going to forget is I'm a man that favors a short haircut. 
Mm-hmm. And so I needed clippers. It took me, and I'm not kidding, man. It took me six hours to find clippers. Mm. Six hours <laughs> to find clippers online. For real. God. For real. Really? Yeah, for real. And the way I had to do it was I had to close my eyes and I had to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, all right, you're in the barber shop. Okay, he's talking about basketball. The other guy's talking about this, right? You can smell chicken fingers next. You can smell chicken wings next door. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Now, right when he's cutting your hair, Ben, look up. <laughs> What's that label? <laughs> you know, I had to literally put in the exact name of the Clippers. Mm. You couldn't do hair clippers, hair, you know, couldn't do any of that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. There were like everyday <laughs> household items that were sold out. I couldn't get shampoo. I couldn't get anything. It was all sold out. And I'm like, Whoa. toilet paper. Wow. Yes. Yes. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've never. I've never seen any, I, I mean, I've also lived through hurricanes, mm-hmm. but yeah. this was vastly different. Oh, for real. And you didn't remember when you, it was like before, remember when you didn't know, like you, you didn't know, like, how long is this going to go on? Mm. Yes. Like, yes. how long is this going to go on? Like, uh, oh and, yeah. See, I her, was really <laughs> naive, and and I thought, oh, it'll be over in like a month or something, and things oh, will be fine. No. So, see, I I was the other way. I thought. I was like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be years. Like, this mm, is going to be I, years and years and years. And then I had like, this. Let me clear. Like, I had that thought for, like, 20 seconds. And then it shifted into, no, like, this is going to be for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, so I had a podcast guest on, uh, Dana Blankenhorn. He's a He's a tech reporter. Uh, who's been on the scene for ages, ages and ages. And he actually did a did an episode with me that did not make the air. That was my fault, not his. Um, <laughs> in case he's listening or will listen later. Um, <laughs> but he talked about how they're using blockchain uh, computer technology and they're they're going to get this vaccine up and going. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick and da 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 da, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much what happened, right? Pretty yep. And so after that, I was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have. He actually called it. It's so funny because I know. I wonder. I wonder if he knew something because he actually called the month that mm-hmm. this was gonna become widely available. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder, looking back, if he actually knew. Like, did he know that? Like. 
you know, like I don't know, but wow. mm, yeah. But mm. I remember I talked to this one guest. Didn't it didn't make the air because it was so depressing. But he was Jesus. It was like we didn't know. Neither one of us knew. We thought this was gonna go on for years, and and you know. Mm. I um. Um, this has gone on for so long that I don't know how to interact with people in person anymore. <laughs> like, like I, um, like the everyday conventions, like shaking hands or hugging. It's like my brain just kind of short circuits and it's like how do i shake hands again like you know <laughs> um so so it's um it's it's really rewired society in such a way where i think it i i think you're right i think it will go on for years and years and even after it's over if it's over even after it's over, I do think that the that society will change and will never go back to how it was before coronavirus or COVID. See, I actually, I mean, okay, so it's weird. All right, you remember what I said earlier? So mm-hmm. for me... I mean, I consider because I'm vaccinated and I know things mm-hmm. about Delta, right? Right. So for me, I consider it over. I mean, for me personally, right. Um, but then again, I'm not around people that aren't vaccinated, and I'm not around children. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were around children, I mean, like I told a lady that I that I knew uh, years ago. I told her recently. I was like. Yeah, you and your husband should totally be really careful because your kids, they could get COVID from you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for real. But, you know, so for me, but yeah, I totally, I get the energy, like, I get this zip in the air, like, there's a new world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. This zip in the air, you know? Like, I yeah. don't know. There's a whole new, and I feel like like I can't even imagine growing up as a child in this kind of environment. Like if you're if if you're really young and COVID hit, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think um I think because of that, I think future generations are going to be much, much more germ conscious than we are. So uh, yeah. I think I think when Gen Z and the and the generation after Gen Z, I think when they grow grow up they they're going to be much i things are going to be heavily sanitized and i i, I you know um yeah. Yeah. medically speaking so 
Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of knowledgeable about the Spanish flu and I'm knowledgeable about COVID. I think way more people died of this than anybody knows, honestly, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one. Number two, uh, COVID, so Delta COVID. Mm -hmm. um, Kids get that. Mm -hmm. Kids can get that. And you're sending kids back to school. So I don't think that's a good idea. I'm on. I'm on team. Don't send the kids back to in-person school yet. Kids um, have died. Yeah. From it already. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm there, but I think. Um, so I think a lot of kids um, are going to know kids that died from COVID. I, I honestly do. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all that, honestly, the kids—I'm envious of the of some of, the, of these kids, honestly, mm-hmm. because the technology, man, that they're gonna have the mm. the communication that they're gonna be able to communicate with people all over the planet, mm-hmm. and they're gonna think of it like like it's set. You know, like it's a phone call to me. Right. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're gonna think of it like, oh, yeah, I gotta I live in China and I got a or I live in Singapore and I got a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever in Canada and right. we talk yeah. and blah, 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 and, yeah. and I'm not even bringing up virtual reality and what all that's gonna be and yada yada yada. Mm. I mean oh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like, man. I wish I was like 30 years younger. I honestly do, but not for like if I were 30 years younger, but no, just so I could see how, (laughs) what is this going to be like in 40 years or 50 years or Jesus. Me too. I wish that I was a generation younger. (laughs) So so I could see. Yeah. Because you're right. I mm. um, I also think that time will sort of become irrelevant also. Oh, you mean like time, like the hours and minutes? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. totally. Yes. For yes. real. Uh, no, we're absolutely. A- absolutely. Um, yeah. Definitely. Especially I, with streaming, like especially yes. with streaming, mm-hmm. especially with like, yeah, man, no, <laughs> yeah, like I, like what you were saying. I think that time and time zones will will sort will they won't go away, but you, but the younger generation. Gen Z mm. and younger, they're not going to think about time and time zones. I don't think there's no, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. And in America, you have a lot of immigrant children. You have most of your children in public schools are immigrant kids already. So you're mm. gonna have kids that have feet in different worlds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like different, 
you can already see it. Like, I live in a multicultural area. You can already see it. Like, when I go to the mall or something, mm-hmm. like, you'll see, like, um, I talk, talked about it on my show. Mm-hmm. There were these there were these four people. There was two kids, two little kids, and, like, a dude and a chick. And I don't know, like, who was what. But you could totally look at these two kids and look at those two adults. And you could say, okay, somebody connected to you made those kids. If you didn't make those kids, somebody, like, you're either the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law or whatever. And y'all are taking the kids out. Or you're in a relationship with uh, each other and those are your kids. But the thing was, like, she was blonde-headed and blue-eyed. And he mm-hmm. had he was like Hispanic or something, right? And the thing I thought was hysterical. Bless their heart, they were communicating with each other. The adults mm-hmm. were communicating with each other using Google Translate. Oh the, my God! Yes, that but is the thing so I funny. thought was so funny mm-hmm. was the little children. <laughs> the children were like. They were bilingual, but they were effortlessly bilingual. So, Mm. like, the one kid was nagging at the parents in, or nagging at the adults in English. And the other kid was nagging at the adults in Spanish. And then they switched off. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. I wish I could see that in real time. That was so funny. They switched off. And the parent, like the adults, looked at me like, "You, you just saw that, right?" I was like, "Yeah, I just." <laughs> oh my god, that is, I, yeah, I, I, I totally think that that I that language so funny. Yeah, language is mm-hmm. can become more I- integrated, like more. Yeah, yeah. Kids are going to be born. Bilingual, trilingual. Well, not only that, but you're going to have a new language. There's going to be, I mean, the way. So my county is legally my county is bilingual. Like mm-hmm. in a matter of law, my, my county is bilingual. So if I turn up at the county um, office, not maybe not the unemployment office, but the I know like the tax office like the H&R Block, and I know, like, um, the ballots have to be printed in Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some other stuff does, too. But I could totally see, like, the way Spanish and English are intermixed in this area. You're going to come up with a new language. Maybe not in my, not in my yep. lifetime, for sure. Right. <laughs> There's going to be a new language. for. I'm certain of it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I totally agree with you. I um I I unfortunately I I generally do have to run now. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Actually. So <laughs> However, we... I I just I just had I just had such a good time. So Oh, it was great. It was great. Um <laughs> Do you have any links or anything for me to throw in the description? Sure. Of your various yeah. and sundry uh, <laughs> projects and whatnot? Do you want me to send those through email, or do you want me to say them here on the podcast? Oh, say them and send them. Send them and say them. Sure thing. Okay. 
So the best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website, which is blindjournalist.wordpress.com. And that uh, they need me to say it again, or so that's blindjournalist.wordpress.com. Correct. Yes. And if you just, I mean, I could make a link if if you can't, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, can, I don't know what your technology is that you can use. Um, I don't I, know how much of the I, computer I'm, has been I, made I'm, for blind people. <laughs> I'm very technology savvy, so so I can. So see okay, um, link. <laughs> oh no, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Robert Kingit. Um, I had I've had a good time. Oh yeah. And let me just just hang with me off air for just a hot second. Mm-hmm. All right, hang on just a minute. 